0: Maximus, Lafernagus, Charette. Say what? Doc G, what's up? Woo, doing it, doing it on a Wednesday, Mike. Word. Mike on a scale. Yes, one, two, ten. How are we doing? I'm like a, I'm like a eight point seven five nine. Eight point seven five nine. Wow. Yeah. Wow, you yeah, went yeah, yeah. three digits after the decimal. That is, yeah, you know, it's very specific oof, today. Doctor. Wow, is that, are <laughs> you moving? Are you trending upward because the uh, moving is finished? Hmm. The
1: moving is finished, so I'm definitely feeling pretty good about that. But and I don't even know if I, I mentioned this on the last show, Doc G. But man, I had a cold shower this morning, and I'm telling you, those things, those things. You mentioned it. I've been, I've been increasing my time so now i'm at like four minutes cold shower and i get out of there i'm like ooh, that's like six red bulls you're all at once. you're just
0: getting close to hypothermia that's where you're gonna yeah, get yeah, soon yeah. Yeah, nice yeah. i love mm-hmm. it you're gonna Can't wait. Gonna show up one day <laughs> and you're just not gonna have a right arm and i'm gonna be like what happened you're like lost it hyper hypothermia Jeez. Froze off, but I feel great. That's no good. <laughs> <laughs> that is. I am jacked. Okay. Well, Mike, I'm pretty jacked because we have got Cowboy Kent Rollins on the show. Mm. <laughs> cowboy Kent Rollins. Mike, did you do your homework? Did you did you look at
1: some Cowboy Kent stuff? Hmm. Yeah, and uh, man, hilarious. I just got to say, hilarious. That guy is. He's got a sense of humor that I've not seen on social media.
0: He's just. Oh, well, he's just a. He's a laid back cowboy man.
1: Yeah, but he's uh, he's just pretty funny in the way that he responds to some of uh, the haters. It's it's <laughs> like, it's. I think that's what I enjoy. It's a lot.
0: delivery. Well, I haven't seen yeah. that many haters, to be honest. I mean, the, the 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 you know the amount the the number not haters.
1: It's people that it's not even trolls. It's just pe- how people like respond to what he posts on social media, mm-hmm. and then what he comes back with. Uh, one of his posts uh, specifically was he. There was a snake behind him while they were cooking something mm-hmm. and it was a rattlesnake and he, he went and killed it yeah. and so somebody was like hey you shouldn't kill animals like you know it's easy to just put it in a bucket and release it somewhere really far away and uh his response was like oh have you seen this uh fried snake recipe <laughs> like It's it's really good in Chile. I was like, oh man, this guy's a legend.
0: (laughs) He, I mean, you know, uh, regardless, Mike, the dude, uh, the dude loves. He he loves. He loves what he does. He's a happy guy. Yeah, he does. He's out there Mm -hmm. just in Oklahoma country, just being a cowboy. Yeah, being a cowboy, Mike. uh,
1: Yeah, yes. Are you? Are you a cowboy? Hmm. I would like to be a cowboy, maybe, but I'm not. Definitely not. Mike, I... It
0: looks like a fun lifestyle. I've decided I want to see how much of a cowboy you are. Okay. Um. So what we're going to do is we're going to test your cowboy level. And we're going to test right. your cowboy level thanks to the folks. Very high quality. Once again, as you know, we only do high quality things here. Uh, only high high quality. quality quiz from brainfall.com. Word brainfall.com okay. it's a 10 question how cowboy are you and Mike we're going to okay. find out if you are a cowboy or not so here's the right. first question Let's do it. cowboys are tough as nails what about you are you prepared to defend yourself if things get physical hmm. so here's the three responses uh, A I'd rather run away B, if words fail, I'll do what I have to. Or C, I don't take kindly to insults on my person. Nuff said. What what (laughs) response is you, Mike? Uh, I'm
1: imagining this is the most non-cowboy answer, but I'm running away.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think that's me. I can't fight. That's, thats we established this. That's me too, Mike. I'm—I'm uh, <laughs> I'm running away. That sounds much better than any of those other responses. Yes. Uh, okay. So we got that one. Cowboys are self reliant. When something, i.e., the toilet, refrigerator breaks in your house, how are you going to handle it? A. Panic. B. Ask a friend or family member or C, fix it yourself. Oh. Or D pay for someone to fix it.
1: Hmm. I'm gonna go with
0: C in most cases. You're gonna fix it yourself. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I like it. Gonna try. I like it. I think I'd go with that too. I think I agree with you yeah. on that one. Uh get a YouTube video out there, you know? See what's YouTube going on. YouTube videos. Uh, that's yeah, not Google wasn't an. Option, I mean that that's yeah. not very that's not very cowboy. I'm gonna say that for sure. But <laughs> no. anyways, um, imagine you're single and a little bored, with plans to relax over the weekend. A friend shows up unannounced on Friday night, hooting and a hollering about a road trip. You are most likely to a refuse road trips aren't relaxing. B. Consider going. It might be fun. C. Go without a second thought. My love and adventure is too strong to resist. Hmm. I'm gonna go with B. I'll consider it. Okay. Okay. Where are we going, Mike? I would love to say that I am C in that. Uh, in that, for instance, but let's be honest. I'm A. I know I'm A. <laughs> mm. They tell. They. They. They would tell me about this weekend, and I'd be like, "Screw your weekend." I'm taking a nap, you (laughs) a-holes. Anywho, Mike, all right. Uh, Let's see. What are we on here? Is this the fourth question? This is the fourth question. Uh, Are you a fan of spaghetti westerns? A, of course, who isn't? Uh, B, I hate them. C, they're all right. D, not my thing.
1: Hmm.
0: I'm going to go with A. Okay. I like it.
1: Yeah. I like, like it.
0: I, I, I think I'm yeah. going to go with they're all right, honestly. Like, I like Western. Spaghetti Western specifically, Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, number five. Cowboys need to know their way around a card table. Can you play poker? A, nope. Uh, B, a little bit. C, I'd be happy to take all your money. A, Nope, you can't. No, I
1: have no idea. I have no idea how to play most card games. Mike,
0: that's sad. Solitaire, war, I'm I'm in. We need to play some. We need to play some poker. I'll teach you, man. All right. Okay. I'm not actually good at it. Like there should be another option. Like I'll gladly play and lose all my money. That would be my option. (laughs) But, uh, okay. Number six. What's your adult beverage of choice? A beer. B, whiskey, C, anything else? D, I don't drink. Hmm. I'll go with B. Whiskey. All yeah. right. Okay, Mike, your number uh, seven question. Uh, brainfall is loading a little slow for me. Uh, okay, here we go. Number seven Looking the part is half the battle. Do you have any cowboy boots? A, yes. B, no. C, no, but I'd like to own a pair. B, no. Oh. You wouldn't like to own a pair, though? Come on, Mike. No. They don't look comfortable. You are not a cowboy, Mike. Nope. Okay, mm. that that question alone, you have lost cowboy yeah, status.
1: Fair. Pretty much, pretty much.
0: Uh. Okay, question eight. What about the hat? Do you have one? A, yes, B, no, C, no, but I'd like to own one.
2: Hmm.
1: C, no, but I would like to own one. All right. Proper, yeah. Okay, now
0: you're talking, Mike. Now you're talking. Okay, number nine. Can you ride a horse? A, yes, B, no, C, no, but I got a big old truck. Huh? B,
1: (laughs) definitely not.
0: You don't have a big old truck? Weird, huh? Not Mm. even close. Uh. Girl, come on. Oh, man. Okay, 10. There's a reason they're called cowboys. What's your meat of choice? A, beef. B, chicken. C, pig. D, I'm a vegetarian. A, definitely beef. Oh, it's what's for dinner, mother truckers. Yes. All right, Mike, here's the results. We're calculating the results. It's Probably gonna take a couple of hours here. This is pretty, it's pretty uh, complicated stuff guys. A lot of, okay. Now I got to click to get the results. What are you doing to me? Brain fall. Hmm. Okay, Mike, Mike, we have your results. My God, are you ready? Yes. You are barely majority cowboy, Mike. You are I'll take 54% it. cowboy. That sounds about right. That makes you a wannabe a wrangler. Wannabe mm. wrangler. I got to be honest, Mike. I, okay. I think I would fall less on the cowboy range than you. So true. As far as mm. I'd probably be like a not wannabe wrangler. I don't know. Like uh, I'm thinking about someday maybe potentially maybe never becoming a wrangler. That's probably... <laughs> I don't know, Mike, but now that we know that you are at least majority cowboy, are you ready to fire the show up? Let's fire up the show. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two, one. Zero and lift off. Woo! Mike, like I told you earlier, and like we just did, we've got a real deal cowboy coming on. Yes! We've got a real deal cowboy. You're going to be in the interview with me. I'm very excited about this. Cowboy, mm-hmm. Kent Rollins. My goodness, he's got a new book out. Him and his wife, Shannon, they've got three books. Uh, they've had three books Taste a Cowboy. Uh, the new one here we've got is Comfort Foods. Cowboy style. Can't wait mm-hmm. to talk about some comfort food. He's got all kinds of other things. He's got a book tour. He's he's got a he's got a cruise. A cowboy cruise. cruise. Yeah. Yeah. Nate. Can't wait to talk to Cowboy. It's gonna be fun. But first, Mike, we need to start where we start.
1: Birthday suits. Happy birthday,
3: Mr. President. Woo!
0: Mike, don't know if you remember but I remembered myself to write it down you're 18 and a half out of 27 right now 18 and okay. a half out of 20 kids you believe we've already had 27 birthday suits jeez wow yeah. it's nuts it's nuts Mike Mike uh, I don't think you're gonna do good this week I'm gonna be honest <laughs> the these were some pretty tough ones um so let's just get the ball rolling we got a ro- we got a rocker first here we go okay Born on March 15th, 1963 in Butler, Pennsylvania, just north of Pittsburgh. Our birthday suit wearer loved music growing up. He began playing guitar as a teenager. He formed a band as a teenager with Ricky Rocket and Bobby Dahl. In 1984, they changed their band's name to Poison. In 1987, our birthday suit wearer wrote the song Every Rose Has Its Thorn, which became one of the biggest power ballads of the 80s. So true. The band Poison became one of the biggest bands of the 80s. Some of their biggest songs were Talk Dirty To Me, Look What The Cat Dragged In, Nothing But A Good Time, And Something To Believe In. They broke up uh, with their original guitarist in the mid-90s, but then reunited with him in 99 for a successful tour. They've been touring ever since. In 2007, he starred in a reality show called Rock of Love on VH1. The entire show was about our birthday suitwear trying to find a partner. There were four seasons of this show. They just couldn't find him a partner. Nope. In 2020, our birthday suit wearer competed in the third season of The Mask Singer. Apparently, he was the banana, which I'm sure helps you, Im- helps you immensely, Mike. I'm sure that's... <laughs> and just this year, he performed on Impractical Jokers. He was on an episode. Name that birthday suit wearer.
1: Hmm. Uh, I watched his show, too, in 20, 2007. Um, he
0: had a medical thing. Yeah. yeah, I totally forgot. I don't know. That's okay. He had I'll diabetes. And diabetes. diabetes. Type 1 diabetes. Do you remember the name? I'll give you the uh, initials for half credit, Mike. B-M. Brett Michael. No. <laughs> Is it Brett Michaels? Brett Michaels is correct. Hey. Yeah. I thought that was a wrestler. No, <laughs> you are correct. You had to pull it out of the memory banks. So I like it, Mike. You were like, is that right? I don't know. I've got that name from somewhere. Is that it? That yeah, it sounds like a wrestler, though. Is it? I don't know. It could be a wrestler. I might be, but <laughs> it's also the lead singer of Poison, Brett Michaels. Poison. Always wearing the uh, bandana, the thick bandana, yep. always uh, with the blonde hair. I'll tell you, you know what? A lot of those 80s rockers, uh, they look really rough these days, you know? But Brett, is keeping it together. Yeah, not, oh, not bad. That's good. You know? Anyways, Mike. He is turning... What is what is Brett turning? Brett is turning uh, 60. 60 for Brett. 60. Wow. Say what? Wow, big deal for Brett. And, Mike, that puts you at an even number again. You're 19 for 28 right now. 19 hey. for 28. Uh, Mike, are you ready? We're going to rip some headlines.
1: Let's rip some headlines.
0: It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, this is a good one. This is a good one. We're going to start off with a bit of a head-scratching headline here. Hey. This is from the Washington Post. Quote, more women than ever are single in the U.S. Hmm. Word. They there you listen. go. Uh, folks listening to this show are like, listening to the Doc G show really answers that headline. <laughs> oh. But I, I, I started thinking about this headline, Mike, and I was like, if more women are single, wouldn't that mean more men are single? Hmm. Like, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong, gang. I understand you don't have to be straight. I'm not living in the 1930s, okay? I get it. Mm-hmm. But only 7% of the population identifies as LGBTQ, Mike. Yeah. It's about a 50-50 split, right? Yeah, so so unless the LGBTQ decided they weren't going after another lady more so than LGBTQ uh, dudes decided they weren't going after other dudes, then I'd say it'd probably be pretty even, you know, as as far as men and women both being single. So why isn't the title just more people are single than ever in the U.S.? (laughs) Because guys don't
1: count, man. They're just some. Some uh, guys are too crazy to count as a date. Apparently date, not.
0: <laughs> apparently not, Mike. But here's here's the thing about this article. Um, I didn't actually really care enough to read the article. Nope. Uh, plus, it would definitely ruin my humorous speculation. That's a so uh, we're going <laughs> to leave it at the headline. So more women are single than ever. The end. Okay, uh, Mike. <laughs> do you know the media outlet Upworthy? I believe so. Yeah, they like to promote things that are positive. It's sort of like Good News Network. They, uh, you know, it's upworthy as lifting up, you know. And uh, the other day they posted something that uh, I was a little confused about. They posted this tweet the other night from a man named Cord Coffee on Twitter. And Cord said, quote, I go to the same gas station every day after work for beer and burritos. Today, Mm. when I asked for the burritos, the guy said, quote, they're hot. I knew you'd be here, so I made a fresh batch. Mm. And that's the most thoughtful anyone has done for me in a while. Then Upworthy had the caption, quote, it's the little things with a heart emoji, Mike. Hmm. I I don't know. I'm a little confused on this one, Mike. To me, that's not upworthy. Nope. I mean, <laughs> Court is having beer and cold burritos from a gas station every day, and we're like, yeah. I mean, that sounds worse than what they get in prison for food. Like, somebody <laughs> get this dude a gift card to Chipotle. Don't like us <laughs> wheat. Like, what's wrong with you people? Second. How long has Cord been going to this gas station before they decided the least they could do was heat up his crappy burritos for him? (laughs) Like, what stoner was working at this gas station? I'm like, well, he has been coming in for six months. I guess I'll heat it up. I don't know. Try it. Like, even even 7-Eleven keeps their taquitos warmed up all the time. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is just sad, Mike. We need to get counseling for Cord, not applaud that he's enjoying the little things. Like, Hmm. no. Yeah, very true. But a breakfast burrito
1: does sound delicious. Oh, don't get me wrong. Mike. I don't know if that's what he was getting, but
0: uh, a breakfast burrito (laughs) and (laughs) beer. Breakfast burrito and beer. Oh, yeah. delicious! Oh, yeah, sweet. Oh, eh, you know, Mike. I sure. I'm. I'm making comments about this, but would I eat it? Yes, I would. Of yes, course, I yes, would. Yes, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd take it down without a second thought and be like, "Oh Gas man." Gas station burritos, too. Ugh. There's something extra Mike, trashy about that. I was about <laughs> to say, Mike. Do you see the way I look? Of course, I'm so full of white trash. It's not even funny. I would go. I would go to that gas station and be like, what's the grossest, skankiest thing you got? Yeah, let's try mm. it out. Yeah. Yes. A breakfast burrito and some Cheez-Its and an energy yes. drink? Yeah, why not? Microbiome. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> um, okay. Mike, I've got a world record uh, to report. Are you ready? Hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, pranvi. Pranvi Gupta, a seven-year-old in India, she has achieved a world record for becoming the youngest person to become a yoga instructor. Word.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. Apparently, Gupta started uh, performing yoga when she was three and a half years old, and she was certified by the Yoga Alliance organization after she completed the two-hour training course. She said that she wants to spread the love of yoga to as many people as possible. Now, Mike, I got to be honest. No offense to Pranvi, but it's going to be hard for me to believe a seven-year-old is going to teach me about, like, true awareness and the ability to connect (laughs) with my body, you know? That's a fact. Like... When you're distracted by like a goldfish, I don't know. Like maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe Gupta is zeroed in at seven years old, but I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Like if I show up and there's a girl that comes up to my waist, that's like, I'm gonna teach you about inner peace. I'm gonna be like, really? Is this some kind of weird Star Wars thing? Are you like a like a Yoda character? this is i don't i don't buy it yeah i don't like, know if i, I can take her seriously no, no i way. no offense to her maybe she can teach some five-year-old yoga you know and they'll be like god yeah. she is wise she is seven she's like the oldest thing i've ever seen oh, True. lord yeah. good point you know? good point yeah. it's all it's all perspective you know yeah uh pranvi nothing but the best to you when you get over 10 i will take one yeah. of your yoga lessons
1: you know though, I can I don't even think, I can I can barely take regular yoga instructors seriously. Like it doesn't matter what age they
0: are. Mike, just, double uh, digits yoga right. instructor yeah, I am right. taking. 11 year old. I totally believe you now. Yeah. 7 11. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's right. Mike, uh, there's a problem in Seattle. Uh-oh. Yeah, there's a major problem. A uh a parks and recreation senior gardener Planted a windmill palm tree on city property.
4: Wait, what?
0: Too tropical. Yes, that is the problem, <laughs> Mike. That is the problem. Now, windmill palms naturally grow in Asia and they usually grow at altitudes. They can grow all mm-hmm. the way up to 8,000 feet up in altitude, Mike. That's up wow. there. That's a tall tree. Wait, what? You know, well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Nice. Uh, that is a, that would be the most impressive tree ever. Um but that's you know that's one and a half denvers Mike. That's one and a half denvers. That's up, Well, not one and a half, but close to one and a half den. Yeah, no, it is. One oh. and a half denvers. It's up there. It's crazy. Anyways, the windmill pump can hold cold temps. That's the whole uh idea there. So it can it can handle Seattle, you know. But regardless if it can handle the temps Mike, it's ruining All Seattle's dreary, gray, grungy, horrible vibes that they love. Yeah. And about two weeks after the gardener planted the tree on 59th Avenue Southwest, uh, on March 3rd, the comments started popping up on West Seattle blog. Sweet. One blog (laughs) member posted a picture of the tree, and that's when everybody started coming in with some good old-fashioned hate, Mike. That's when they started rolling in. Uh, Here is the first one. Seattle isn't Cali. This is ridiculous. Besides the argument that they shouldn't be, they should be planting something native, palms are so ugly. They're like telephone poles with a sickly fern on top. End quote. (laughs) That's hilarious. Then Lucy came in. (laughs) Quote, Personally, I'd rather see a shore pine or an indigenous tree. Even a rhododendron. Palm trees? Not whimsical. Huh? Kind of stupid. <laughs> what? Then Shelley came in. Amen. Palm trees are not native to the mainland, so why would anyone think they belong in the Pacific Northwest? Question mark. Mike, hmm. I was glad to see at least one person came to the defense of the palm tree. Frog said, quote, I'm usually not the sentimental type. But suddenly, I feel sorry for this palm tree. So (laughs) hated on by the correct mob. Long live the palm tree. Yes! I wish it would run for city council. Yes, Frog. I agree. I agree. Now, Mike, they started doing digging. They found out that someone from the Department of Parks and Recreation had planted the tree. But... They didn't actually have jurisdiction to plant it because the strip beside the sidewalk where they planted it was under control of the Department of Transportation.
1: So some folks
0: wanted the Department of Transportation to get that thing out of there. Yeah. But then the Department of Transportation came back and was like, eh, we usually just ask for a permit if it's a tree that wasn't planted by us and then we're good with it. So that's pretty much all they're going to do is get a permit for it and then let it there. And, uh, Mike, I think TJ on the West Seattle blog summed it up nicely. Uh, So TJ said, quote, Winters are long and dark here. People look for anything to complain. But griping (laughs) about a tree is funny, even for here. That's a fact. Yes. Yes, TJ. Agreed. 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 And it's like a couple of things I've said on the show, Mike. If the worst thing going on in your life is a tree... Your life is pretty awesome. Yeah, or you're probably 65 or 70 years
1: old and you just have nothing going on.
0: <laughs> Which, in that case, your life is yeah. pretty awesome. Then stop True. complaining. You've made if, it. Yeah. If you've got a, if you've got to complain about a palm tree, blame. Sit back and f- nice. have a brewski. Enjoy life, man. Have you a got it. Yeah. <laughs> like whiskey a cowboy. Whiskey for Mike. He's a wannabe. <laughs> Um,
1: okay, hey, Mike. D- Dr. G, I'm sorry. What would be a depressing plant to put instead of the, uh, what would be a more depressing
0: tree to put instead of the, uh, palm tree? What would be more? Well, right? you know, I think more <laughs> so what people were looking were something that they think of in the Northwest, like a fir, some type okay. of fir tree, you know, some type of evergreen that is green, but it's not projecting uh, parties and festivities <laughs> like a palm tree is. I got you. Okay, okay. Despite it being green all year, it's still sad, you know? Yeah. there we go. Okay. You can meditate under it and not have good thoughts. That's mm-hmm. pretty much what they want. Yeah. Okay. Anywho, Mike, quick story out of Colorado. A tiger t- cub named Duke is growing up in Colorado. So, uh, Duke was seized in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Person had them illegally without license, you know that happens a lot in this country. Mm-hmm. And uh, they took him to Kennesberg, Colorado to live at the wild uh animal wild animal sanctuary. Um now since Duke is only a couple of months old, he can't just hop out there and hang with the older tigers, you know. Nope. They they they're not they're not going to they're not going to let him hang with them, you know. No way. So he doesn't really have anybody to hang with. He's got some stuffed animals, but, you know, that's not fun. Stuffed animals, that's not... You need a real animal to hang with. Mm -hmm. So the Sanctuary actually has 10 rescue dogs that serve as companions for the rescued cubs. And uh, Duke has built up a pretty strong bond with Valley, the service dog. That's a fact. And they've, they've posted lots of videos, Mike, of Valley and Duke romping around, you know, they they're pretty Love much it. Yeah, they're pretty much close to the same size. They put little happy music to it and they're jumping around, you know. Love it. Love yeah, it. Yeah. Pretty great. <laughs> and I was I it makes me happy and I'm sure everybody else watching it makes it makes them happy, but give it a couple months, Mike. That service dog is not going to like what that what Duke turns into. No gonna way. Be, what did you get me into (laughs) this guy is like 15 times bigger than me and he's got war mittens those things are frightening i don't have giant claws Mm -hmm. good lord also fun fact mike i've been to that wildlife sanctuary oh that's so true it's pretty awesome it's weird but it's pretty awesome they've got like it, it, it's just giant fields for all of these animals, like literally yeah. acres and acres of like, you know, lions and tigers and bears, oh my. And then they've just got these little walkways over top of them, like on, you know, like 20 feet up. And you oh, just walk cool. around. Yeah, and you walk around and you can check them out. It's pretty cool. Nice. It's pretty wild. It It's sort of weird though, cause like you're just out in the middle of nowhere Colorado, Literally tumbleweeds flying around everywhere, and then all of a sudden you just get to this prairie where there's lions and tigers, and you're like, "Huh, that's a fact." Don't see this every day in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little weird for these guys, but you know, still
1: cool, still cool. I mean, I know tigers are okay, but lions in the snow, uh, like they don't. Nah,
0: they're hardy. You know, they they yeah. they've got places they can go, like you know, warm up and whatnot. Uh, they've okay. got options okay. and everything. I got you. Uh, Mike, here's a quick one. Interesting headline from uh, Parade Magazine. The title is, quote, Nicholas Cage explains why you won't see him in a Marvel role, end quote. Hmm. Okay. Mike, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I didn't read the article, but I'm going to go out on a limb, and it's going to be the same reasoning as me, which would be because uh, nobody asked him. (laughs) Probably (laughs) no offense to Nick cage. Don't get me wrong, Nick. I love the rock, but who wants to see you as Spider-Man? What? No, no. Come on. Stick to ghost rider. Get get. Oh, yikes. Yikes. (laughs) Yikes, Mike. Okay. Before we go to break, got, uh, I've got two world records and you are going to tell me which one is more impressive. Okay. These are two fitness records, Mike. Two fitness Ooh. records. So, Jackson Italiano, what a name. Jackson Italiano from Sydney, New South Wales, Australia set the record for most pull-ups in 24 hours. He completed 8,008 pull-ups in 24 hours. Ooh. Jeez. Yeah. So a couple things on that, Mike. They didn't give me a, uh, an actual age for Jackson. Hmm. So uh, I'm guessing just by his look, he was somewhere between 18 and 28. That's okay. as much as I could do. And a uh, side note on Jackson, Mike, he's in a band called Fathom. Sweet. I looked at his Instagram. He said in a band called Fathom, they got a show coming up at the alley in downtown Sydney, if anybody's interested in Australia. Jackson plays the keys. Get on over there and show Jackson some support. Um, yeah. <laughs> but our other uh world record, Mike, right here in Florida, Rob Sterling achieved the record for most push-ups in an hour. 3,264 mm. in an hour. And Rob is 60 years old. Mmm. Now, a side note before you make your decision, Mike. I will say I watched both videos. Uh, not like all of them, obviously, but, you know, them updating. And uh, Jackson's pull-ups were real deal. All the way down, all the way up. Now, Rob, was, uh, Rob, on the other hand, with the push-ups, he was playing it by the book. He was playing it by what is classified as a full push-up. For the record, but it's not what you think, or at least what I think of as a full push-up. His chest Mm. was not going all the way to the ground. He wasn't coming all the way back up the full extension. That is a full push-up in my book. Mm. That wasn't happening. Regardless, still super impressive. I mean, to do 3,260 of anything in an hour, wow, right? But what are you going with, Mike? Rob? 3,264 push-ups at sixty years old sixty years old an hour. Or Jackson, eight thousand and eight pull-ups in a day. What are you doing?
1: Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, I'm gonna go with the pull ups. Yeah. I was yep. gonna lean towards the push ups, but man, eight
0: thousand pull ups. Those are eight, hard. I mean eight thousand a- pull ups, man. Eight thousand pull ups. It was impressive impressive i mean both like i said both are impressive super impressive that he's 60 Mm -hmm. years old too for rob i mean you know that's good lord what fitness for 60 years old yeah i bet i i bet you brett michaels can't do it you know (laughs) No. no offense to brett but i'm betting he's not doing it regardless mike Shout out to both of them. Shout out to Rob. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Jackson. Way to get those world records, guys. Way to get them. Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our former guests. This is none other than Jesse Roper that we had here earlier in the year. This is his fantastic song. Does anybody know? Make sure you go check out his music and his interview on the February 8th show. Right here on the Doc G Show.
5: Does anybody know? I have the time.
0: Here on the Doc G, a show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do?
1: Well, Doc G, you know, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive Mm -hmm. way to waste their time, Mm -hmm. please subscribe. Mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts, wherever they listen to their podcasts. It's a cost-effective way to support the show. We appreciate it. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a
0: five-star review
1: and a comment. We love comments.
0: We Amen. We love, love comments. Amen. Mike, uh, uh, two key facts. Remember, we strongly suggest. We do not demand. That's two, that's free, listeners. Cost-effective yes. way. It's cost-effective mm-hmm. because zero cost. That's a why. 3 99 Yeah. <laughs> We now charge $399 per episode. Uh <laughs> that that would be I know you said free, but I just thought of if all of a sudden you were just like three ninety nine.
2: What? Mm. Where did that
0: come from? Just you go ahead. That's that, our Patreon. I was about to say, future. I was about to say, we get we get a Patreon. And then we start giving away some free tickets to live shows, Mike. Oh, yeah. The future. Just think about it. And then we invite, when we do a show in Tulsa, we invite Cowboy Kent on the show with us. Oh, my gosh. That's what we got to do, Mike. When we do the live shows, we got to bring in the local celebrity that just makes the crowd go wild so we over we 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 win them over without having to do anything good anyways (laughs) we're just like we're associated with this dude huh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah?" you know by association that's the way i love to win people (laughs) over because then you don't have to do any effort you don't have to do anything good they're like ah all right i guess i'll like him He's with Cowboy (laughs) Kent, I guess, you know? Anyways, Mike, we need to thank the people that regularly listen to the show. We do. They're known as the regulars. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piracay, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Portman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Richardson, Texas, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Peoria, Illinois, Katy, Texas, Toms River, New Jersey, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, and Athens, and Georgia. Georgia. Whoo! Woo! There we go, Mike. What a list. What a list. Yep. I am I am happy with the the newcomers. Thank you for coming and becoming regulars. We appreciate it and of course the the folks that have stuck it out with us for a long time. You know who I've not shouted out for for a while? Barcelona, Spain. Those mm, guys have been Barcelona. with us. Yeah, Barcelona, Spain's been with us a long time. I can count on them. They're like a yeah. like a clockwork, man like clockwork in spain love es- you barcelona Espana coming in with the with the vigor i don't yes. know that was the Great best city. thing i could come yeah, up with. There. Y- yeah yeah when was the Barcelona's last time awesome. you were in barcelona mike
1: it was a couple of years ago hmm? i missed the uh you know what's so good about barcelona it's so awesome is the um late night dinners uh, the, the late night dinners uh the um uh, d- now, I'm, it's a seafood dish with the rice, a Paella. Pay, uh
0: I know what you're talking paella, about. Paella. 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 Yes, yeah, indeed. So good. Uh, they know how to do it, man. Uh, Sp- do. Spain has got the right personality mm-hmm. for me, you know? Yeah. They're a laid place. back. You know, I love the fact that they start work late. They They go to lunch. They come back to work late. They're like, yeah, maybe we'll do a little bit of work. You know what? Might take a nap before I go back to work. We'll a see siesta. what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they go back to work. They work a little bit later than us into the night. And then they're like, you mm-hmm. know what? I'm not going to have dinner until like 9 or 10. Maybe even mm-hmm. later. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Like just, ah, oh, Spain. Hats off to you guys. Shout out to live Spain. Show. Yeah, live show. <laughs> uh, I we, we said it back in the day, Mike. We said it. If any international city got the top amount of listens, we would do a live show there. Still hasn't happened, but Barcelona, if you just go bananas over there with listens, we'll put it down there. You'll make oh, yeah. the show go bankrupt, but we will go there <laughs> for a live show, and there will be nobody that comes to the live show. We'll just be doing it on a street corner, and people will be walking by like, <laughs> like, what are these guys doing? What's <laughs> going on here? Anyways, Mike, semi-regulars shout out shout out to orlando florida new york new york dallas texas delhi india billings montana Severn, maryland montreal canada parla spain baton rouge louisiana conroe texas philadelphia pennsylvania worthing united kingdom nashville tennessee Palatine, Illinois, Snellsville, Georgia, and Coon Rapids, Minnesota. Shout out. There we go. There we go. Baton Rouge back on the hunt, man. They yes. had that week off, and they're like, no, 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 no. No. We're going to get back there. Don't you worry. We're becoming regulars. That's a fact. And, Mike, we are going to just top off the SEC. I mean, we literally have, like, seven SEC cities now in our regulars. <laughs> fantastic fantastic anyways thank you to all the uh, listeners we appreciate it we definitely definitely appreciate it otherwise i would definitely give up on this show if i didn't know people were regularly listening um so as long as they are regular listeners if you want me to stop the show by the way just stop listening yeah if everybody stops i will give up um but until that point happens mike we are going to continue on with the show and mike I've got some important information from the last show. Are you ready? In previously on the Doc G Show. Previously on the Doc G Show. Previously on the Doc G Show. What do we got? Mike, I started the show last week and I was thinking off the top of my head, you know, and uh, I was coming up with the difference between incomparable and comparable. Hmm. Right? You remember that? Yes. And then I compared the difference of pronunciation to Arkansas and Kansas. Hmm. And after the okay. show, you know, I was like, you know what? I need to look this up. Turns out I'm stupid on both accounts.
1: <laughs> so true.
0: So there you go. <laughs> there you go. I know there was somebody that was listening last week that was like, it's comparable, you d- egg. Uh, and that's the actual pronunciation mike it's not comparable it's comparable 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 now do people say know. comparable yes there yes. are people that say comparable but that's technically not the correct way to pronounce it so uh it does it, it, it doesn't change from comparable to in uh, comparable but it does change from compare obviously to comparable hmm Now, the reason that is, is apparently the second syllable is stressed differently because you lose the E there from compare. So the A-R-E makes an air sound. But when Mm. you change it to comparable, the second syllable is P-A-R. It's no longer stressed. It's the first syllable that's stressed. So you get comparable instead of compare. Mm. That makes sense. Mike, I gathered this from... speech language pathologist, Christine Dunbar. So if I said any of that wrong, Christine Dunbar, please let us know. Um, please let us know. She's If she is listening to our show, she no doubt has a field day with it. She's like, holy <laughs> I just said 10,000 things wrong. That show <laughs> was all pronounced wrong. Every single thing in it. That's a fact. Um. But Mike, the uh, the second part of that was I related it to Kansas and Arkansas. Now, right. that is not the same reason. That's a different oh, okay. reason they're pronounced differently. Comes from the same root word, Mike. But it's different folks pronouncing it. So, long story short, there were a group of Native Americans named or known as the 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 uh, causa, the Kaza causa, spelled spelled K A N S A they don't really pronounce the N as far as the way the actual Native American said it. It was, it was oh, okay. pronounced causa, causa. Um, but anyways, this got chopped up, turned around all sorts of ways by other folks, even other Native Americans, English, French folks. And the uh, the French pr- plural for these Native Americans was Arkansas, where they did not pronounce the S. And so it hmm. was Arkansas and the R came from the Algonquins. The Algonquin Native Americans put this AR in front of their, the, the, the causal Indians. So it became the Arcausal Indians. And then the French people turned it into Arkansas. Huh? <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> now, when the English took over the land, of Arkansas through the Louisiana Purchase, they were just like, that's a pretty dope name. And they stuck with Arkansas. They stuck with the French pronunciation instead of changing it back to Arkansas. Our, uh, our now, there was in 1881, Mike, a pretty feisty disagreement between two state senators in Arkansas. One of them liking Arkansas and the other liking Arkansas. That's a fact and apparently the guy that like arkansas won out which led to a ruling by the state legislator that made the prof- official pronunciation arkansas
2: Hmm.
0: now on the Thank other you. hand kansas went with the english pronunciation of their state so it is kansas not console not console <laughs> so, the, <laughs> gotcha. so there you have it Mike.
1: There you have it. Thank you, Dr. G. We appreciate you uh, doing this deep
0: dive. I summed it up. We do. The sum up is I have no clue how to pronounce words, and I should just shut the f*** <laughs> But I bet you I won't. So nope. we'll see what I screw up next. Anywho, <laughs> Mike, I am very excited because we have none other than Cowboy Kent coming up on the show but first, we are going to hear from last week's guest. This is Joe Bonamassa with his most recent single off of his upcoming live album, Tales of Time. This is the song Known Unknowns, right here on the Doc G Show. Welcome back to the show everybody we are very excited to have a cowboy legend on the show somebody who knows cowboy cooking back and forth he's coming out with his third cookbook that he's wrote with his wife Shannon titled comfort food the cowboy way coming out March 28th folks he cooks with his hands because they are extension of his heart Mr. Cowboy Kent Rollins Kent how are you sir?
4: Oh, I am good, my friend, and we thank you so much for having us on. Uh, it's a blessing, um, you know. Uh, cooking to me has always come easy, and uh, when I can share it with folks across the world, it even makes it better.
0: Well, you've been you've been doing it for a good while, Kent. Uh, you have been cooking outdoors basically all your life, and I saw you you bought your first chuck wagon nineteen ninety three, and. Yep. I was thinking back to back to that time, 30 years ago, what, what were you thinking when you got that first chuck wagon? Were you thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to go out to ranches for the rest of my days and just cook for cowboys and, and that'll be it?
4: Well, it, it all really started out uh, about 10 years before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was guiding elk hunters uh, and cooking in the Gila Wilderness in southwest New Mexico, and you didn't have a wagon, but it was still the same cooking. Uh, you know, we packed everything in on a mule, usually uh, maybe three skillets and four Dutch ovens, and uh, we'd go about 21 miles in. But uh, it was very different because we'd be at 9,000 foot, and things cook a whole lot different at 9,000 foot than they do at sea level, you know. So it took me a long time to figure out why biscuits didn't rise. I know the first morning I made them, there about maybe a half inch tall. And one of them hunters, uh, he is from upstate New York. And he looked over and he said, is this flatbread? I said, it is today, brother. I said, that's what it is today. We'll call it something (laughs) else tomorrow. But I said, it is flatbread, you know, but when I got out of there and, um, was on the way home, I really got to thinking, you know, I think, uh, I'm going to get a wagon, go to cooking for ranches. Cause I'd eat off some wagons when I was, uh, working on some mm. and some of them was really good cooks and some of them, you know, needed a little help. Uh, you never complained about a cook because, uh, that was just not cowboy etiquette, you know? Mm. And if, if you're really hard on a cook, my dad used to tell them old horror stories a long time ago that, uh, you know, you didn't want to make the cook mad. He would poison you if he got a chance, you know? <laughs> so, uh, cowboys respected me a whole lot because I'd worked on both sides of the fire, whether it be a Brandon fire or a cooking fire. And um, usually I could stay busy from all last February to up through September, sometimes October. You know, you could be gone as long as you wanted to and um, sleep in a teepee in a bedroll for forever. And uh, my mother asked me one time, I'd been gone about eight weeks, and uh, she said, do you miss home? I said, yeah, I do, Mama, I miss you. But I said, more than that, I said, I miss a stand-up shower, carpet, and a set down toilet. I said, them are three nice amenities to have if you can get one of them. They are.
0: Three that we take for granted a lot, I would say. That, most that folks is do. right. Um, that wh- is right. Well, now, you, you earned the title. It wasn't that long after you got the Chuck Wagon, and I was wondering how, how a, a person goes about getting this title. You, you got the title of Official Chuck Wagon Cook of Oklahoma. By the governor? Yes, sir. How, how yeah, do you get that? Uh,
4: I really didn't know at the time. You know, <laughs> they uh, they called me up one day and said, you know, for what you've done for the state of Oklahoma, because at, at that time, right before it, we did a deal for the food, food Network and then one for QVC where they recognized 50 states in 50 weeks. And uh, they came down, showcased me in the wagon. And uh, they said, we'd like to make you the official chuck wagon cook of Oklahoma. I said, if you're asking me, do I want to cook some more? I said, you're going to have to just get in line, you know? And he said, Oh no, no, there ain't no cooking involved. And I said, well, I like this job. I really do. So, <laughs> you know, it, it was an honor. Uh, we go up to the Capitol there and, uh, they presented me that there on the, on the Senate floor. Um, and, and it was good. Um, you know, I, I love to represent my state, uh, wherever I'm at. And, uh, that was, uh, a token to them to say, we thank you. But, uh, I've always thanked Oklahoma for giving me really grit and determination, and a lot of that grit come from the wind blowing about sixty miles an hour. <laughs>
0: I've I've noticed that. I've noticed that in a lot of videos. Yes, yes. Well, now you you met your wife Shannon uh, about twenty years ago, around that that time, and you wrote all yeah. three books with Shannon. And to me, I, I've I've, well, I've watched several of your interviews, and I think it seems like. Shannon is the one that opened your eyes to the possibility of technology of yeah, computers I, I remember, emails,
4: yeah, I can remember uh right after we got together, we was going somewhere to cater a deal because at that time we was either cooking on a ranch or catering nearly ever four or five days mm. and um a lot of them places were as far as uh the east coast and the, and the west coast and sometimes from up to Canada mm. so. She told me, she said, uh, do you have an email address? And I said, yes, ma'am, it's Route 1, Box 318. She said, no, that's not email. And I said, well, that's about as close as I'm going to get, sugar. And uh, she said, do you own a computer? And I said, no, ma'am. I said, I do have a flip phone, though. I said, I got pretty well up on this technology. And uh, she said, I think we need to really get you a website. And uh, how do you advertise? I said, well, word of mouth and a full stomach. Always done it for me, mm-hmm. and I said, "If you got good food, I said people tend to know about it pretty quick." And I said, "The phone rings, the good Lord has blessed me," and I said, "I just keep cooking." And she said, "Well, I think there's a few things we could do different." And all these stories that you tell me going down the road, she said, "I think you should write a blog." And I said, "Ah, uh, you don't know my writing." I said, no, <laughs> "I didn't have good penmanship to begin with," and she said, "No." uh i know you're writing you've sent me a lot of letters and uh so she got when we got back off the road i remember her setting me down in front of a computer and she said you do know how to type don't you and i said oh yeah i said i, I can i can type i said it's pretty slow but i said i can get there and she got me to writing a bunch of old ranch stories that i grew up with and people that i would met you know and we published a blog for a long time and then we got so busy we just went to doing something else but uh I'd always get something I thought was in pretty good shape, Ben, and she'd come look at it. When she got through editing it, it would be like three words left. So uh, I'd start over. But uh, she did open open the door for a lot of things. Um, you know, we never in our life had anybody that uh, showed us how to do something on a computer like that. She just picked it up. She's a great editor, a great producer. All three cookbooks uh, she took. All the pictures whether it be food or scenery uh we've wrote all the stories uh so we, we're really proud of all three books and i really look forward to this one coming out because it's got a lot of old classics in it but um she is uh, a great inspiration the love of my life she told me she said one thing you taught me a long time ago the glass is always half full it's never half empty and uh i always looked at life like that i think it's being raised by parents who went through the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, um, they sort of had that grit and the wheel and the determination that no matter what come at you, you just got after it and got it done.
0: Progress, progress. Got to yeah. get it done. Well, now, um, along the lines, and I think a lot of folks got to know you through this was, was the throwdown with Bobby Flay. Uh, that's, that, yeah. that, that was a big turning point there. It was, it wasn't your first TV appearance, but it was definitely one of the biggest and, um, from In that show, you're supposed to be sort of caught off guard by yeah. Bobby Cumming. You think you're making another show, and then he shows up. And I was wondering, yeah, w- were you really in the dark? Did you really know yeah, that... Yeah,
4: you, you don't have any idea. You know, uh, we'd filmed for two days. They told me they were doing this special on Chuck Wagon Cuisine. You know, and we was on a ranch at the time down there in North Texas, and... Uh, Shannon had been gone for two days. Her grandfather had passed away and I went to Oklahoma city to get her about midnight, uh, right before that last night. And she said, how's filming going? I said, something different happening tomorrow. I said, I don't know what it is. I said, they brought in more film crew, more light crew. I said, there's more people down there. And I said, uh, I said, if it takes 35 or 40 of them to produce an episode, I said, they way behind. I said, they (laughs) didn't work for me and you when it's just me and you and a beagle. And, um, but the next day we was down there and got started cooking. And, uh, Here he drives up, yeah, and he gets out. And um, I looked over there, which I'd never met him before, and I'm thinking, I I, I know who this guy is, (laughs) you know. And uh, he walked in there and he said, "Um, I'd like to challenge you to a chicken fried steak. I hear you make uh, a really good one. I said, well, I've made a lot of them uh, over the last uh, 20 years. And I said, where do you want to challenge me at? He said, right here at your wagon today. And I looked over at Shannon, smiled, and I said, uh, we're going to see what he made out of. Because um, it was about 97 degrees that day. And uh, I don't think Bobby had ever been really around an old wood stove like I had. And uh, so I made sure he got the hottest end of the stove and uh, put him on it. And I've never seen a man sweat that much, nor get that red in the face.
0: And, I was I was about to say, he looked like a tomato in that video. When oh, I he did.
4: It. He got hot. He told me when that was over, he said, you know, you're a fool to do this job. I said, no, it's job security, Bobby. I said, ain't nobody going to take it from me. And, uh, he said, I'll be glad when we get back to New York in air conditioning. And I said, yeah, I bet you will.
0: What did you think of, because uh, I saw you taste it in the video, what, what did you actually think of his, his chicken fried steak, his attempt?
4: Well, you know, when he first started out, and am sure he had a piece of top sirloin there, but uh, he uh, put a piece of saran wrap over it and then got to flattening it out some more. And um, I finally took him a big old sledgehammer over and told him, I said, we ain't making jerky, Bobby, we're making chicken fried steak because... Uh, he didn't realize, I don't think, and he had done all the research, not me, yeah. you know, uh, before he came. Chicken fried steak sure is about a really good cut of meat. And we use about a five and a half ounce, uh, either usually top round or most of the time, I mean, bottom round most of the time. And, uh, but we run it through a cuber about three times. And um, it's certified Angus beef is the only thing we've ever used to cook them with. But uh, he had his real thin. And then he didn't know it was so much about the crust, mm. you know, and he was pan frying his and we did a shallow deep fry with ours uh, on some stuff that we used. And it gives it a big old crispy crust. But when I tasted his and and nobody I'd ever known at the time put time in their gravy that they poured over meat and it had bacon on top of it, you know, And I and I told him, I said, this is about chicken fried steak. And I said, not about, gra- not about bacon. I'm sure <laughs> you got to have gravy with every meal. But, uh, I said, I've never tasted thyme in it. You know, his, uh, his meat was a little tough, you know, and it was, uh, didn't have a lot of crust to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, now Bobby does seem like one thing that I've always, you know, I've watched a lot of his shows. He seems like a great cook in the fact that he seems like a sponge seems like, you know, when he, when yeah. he goes some near somebody, he'll, he'll pick up things from their re- repertoire. And I, and I, and I, yeah. I feel like that's cowboy cooking in a way, a lot of ways. Do you see a similarity in that fact as far as wanting to build off of somebody else's sort of practical experiences like that?
4: Yeah. And a lot of it too, Ben, is just, uh, you got to improvise, especially when we're out there on a the ranch, you know, you're 70 miles from a grocery store and, uh, you run out of something or you forgot to get something, you find out something that'll work in its place. Mm. You know, and that's, uh, Shan always told me, she said, you'd be good at these shows because you've always run out of stuff and made something work with what you didn't have. Mm. And, um, but Bobby, Bobby's a great cook and uh, I remember giving him a really hard time. He drug out some cast iron there that had his initials on it, was going to throw it up there on that stove. And I, I told him, I said, Bobby, you ain't met Bertha, but I said, she's, she don't like foreign cast iron and i said she'll probably melt that before you get to use it i said so i got a 20 inch large skillet over here you can just use it but uh he told me he said how do you control the heat here i said you either throw more wood in it or shut the door i said that's all you can do there's not a knob there ain't a cord i said it's mother nature and it's hot
0: man that's a lot of gauge there that's a lot of eyeballing it is um it
4: is you know it's something uh that I think he knows too, and and a lot of great cooks that cook on like open fire, you know a lot of it's by sight and feel or touch, you know what you're cooking and uh I've never in my life could tell somebody where you're gonna cook this exactly three minutes you know because i, I don't I don't have anything to regulate a fire like especially if it's on a or where you can turn a knob down and say, oh, it's three mm-hmm. fifty uh she's usually anywhere from four hundred to seven hundred and fifty degrees,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's always, it reminds me, you know, the difference when you look at cooking like that, it, it, it's it's an art, whereas yeah. when you look at a lot of bakers and, and things on that side where you have those exact precisions, it's a chemist. Yeah. You're putting in the yeah. exact things, and you're going to say, okay, this is 20 minutes, it's at this temperature, and it's coming out then, yeah. where what you're yeah. doing is, is artwork of modulation as you go.
4: Well, that's... I learned from my mother, and standing around in a kitchen when I was young, watching a bunch of old women uh, make everything in the world, and I never seen a recipe, you know, they just poured stuff in their hand, throw it in here, put it in there, and it was always some of the best food i ever eaten in my life, and I can remember when we made the very first cookbook, and we'd go through all of it, and Shannon would say, how much is a handful? And I'd say, the right amount, and she said, we got to write this out where people will understand it. So then I'd go all the way back and she'd say, well, how much do you think that is? I said, that is one tablespoon. she said, say, you don't know that. And I would pour it out and she'd say, it is a tablespoon. <laughs> I said, yeah. I said it comes from repetition from years and years of just doing it. And I said, you realize what something looks like. And I said, to me, some of the best cooking in the world is, not about can you follow the recipe, but can you make that recipe better? Mm-hmm. You know, don't be afraid to change a little something. Don't be afraid to mix it a little more or add something to it. And uh, cowboys have always been the best experimental people I've ever seen because they ain't got nowhere else to eat. You know, uh, we're in the middle of nowhere. And when they sit down and they uh, clean a plate out and they come back three times, you know it was a keeper.
0: <laughs> that Keep that recipe. Remember those. Yeah. yeah. Well, now currently you have about two and a half million subscribers on YouTube, which is amazing. You joined YouTube yeah. around around the time uh, that you were on Throwdown with Bobby Flay, yeah. and I, I sort of wonder when you started it. Did you have any idea how big it would be, or was it just sort of a pastime thing? Of well, we'll put some videos on there. We'll see.
4: Yeah, when we. When we first started out, when Shan hit me up, she said, uh, "I think we should do YouTube." And I'd watched YouTube a little here, or there, and yonder. And I said, "Well, if I said you're going to have to edit them, I don't know nothing about that, sugar." And she said, "I can do that. I'll find out how to do it, you know." And uh, we'd make three or four videos and stick them on there. Never, never really worked at it real hard till probably nearly three years in. Yeah. And uh, then we got to figuring, hey, you can reach a lot of people. On YouTube, uh, it's it's all over the world. It just ain't in Texas or Oklahoma. There's people everywhere. Yeah. So we got to put in a little more time and effort in it. And uh, one thing that I've known uh, since the last probably six and a half, seven years is you got to be consistent on YouTube. Uh, you have to have a a set day and a time whether you're publishing one video or ten a week. You know, and everybody knows that 2.30 Central on Wednesdays, ours is coming out, and on Sunday afternoons, we have another one. But it's, uh, I never knew it would really get to this, and I remember we were cooking in Branson for seven weeks for a festival, Mm -hmm. and we got an email uh, one day, and it said, you're going to receive a plaque for 100,000 subscribers. And I looked at Shannon, I said, I didn't even know you could get a plaque for 100,000 subscribers. I didn't even know we had that many, you know. So, we got to paying a little more attention to YouTube and really putting probably 80% of our effort into it to try to make it better. Uh, And Shen, she had every kind of camera in the world. Uh, You know, some of the very first videos we did was on one of them little Sony holding cameras. And, uh, you know, they didn't have, we didn't know what mic to use for this, that, or the other. And uh, now everything we shoot is on an iPhone. Uh, We use a Rode mic. They're probably some of the best in the world Mm -hmm. for, our conditions especially with the wind blowing but uh it's always been pretty simple and she found out in editing that she thinks boy i'm gonna make this cut and dried we're gonna make it this and that and uh we finally realized people want to see natural Mm -hmm. you know if you mess up it's okay you know so we try not to go too in depth to try to make it something that it's not because i've always been a firm believer in just be who you are and don't be something else
0: yeah yeah, well, I was gonna ask you about two of those things on YouTube. One, uh, with the mic, it looks like you got like almost a little koosh ball there on your on your collar. Yeah. Uh and I was wondering yeah. how long did it take for you guys uh recording before you realize, you know what, we're gonna need a bigger windshield. This is
4: <laughs> Yeah. You know, and if they'll go back and watch some of the, the first videos that we put out uh, yeah. you know, Spring works on the Bale Ranch, was shot with one of those Sony cams and we had some little mic that was in my pocket, you know, and you could hear everything in the world from the wind blowing until it rattling in your shirt. And uh, we went through so many different mics uh, that had <clears throat> little bitty fuzz coverings on them and we'd mic our own, get a mic and put a sponge around it, put some duct tape on it, you know, and nothing worked and we were filming for some people in South Texas and uh, this guy told me, he said, I love y'all's videos. Love what you do. He said, you need to get a rodent mic. Mm-hmm. Shan was talking to him. She said, you know, the wind will be blowing 40 miles an hour. He said, you'll be in good shape. And, uh, we'd go back and rewatch a video after we got to using it, ben, and you'd see the trees were bent halfway yeah. over, but you didn't hear no sound. You know, you didn't hear that wind. So, uh, we put that dead cat on there a lot. You know, if, if it's really bad to even give it more, but, uh, People have always commented they wanted to know what's that thing crawling up your shirt, uh, but it's it is they're great mics, uh, especially in windy conditions. It's
0: it's definitely impressive. Yeah, it definitely kills it yeah. out. It's 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 neat. Um, uh, along with that, yeah. is, is Shannon do? Does she still do all of the the editing?
4: Yes, she. Uh, we had a had a
0: had a guy that was helping us there for a while, and then we just took it back.
4: We we try to shoot at least three videos a week. Uh, sometimes four that means you're working on four to five new recipes a week and with the new cookbook coming out we're just barely one day ahead now because we uh, got so much other stuff going on but uh, we shot three videos one day and that's that's a lot you know you're thinking well it's a it's an 18 minute video you know yeah but these videos are taking on a minimum maybe an hour and a half to be the quickest to two and a half hours depending on the cook you know uh sometimes even five or six hours uh and we shot three that day and i come in there in the house about nine o'clock and um, went by the computer and she was still sitting there and i said how's it going and she looked at me Ben. and i'll never forget these words she said i'm getting tired of looking at you and I, said, <laughs> I can only imagine you know but uh she she never had anybody train her in any form of editing you know, and uh, she's one of them that just picks it up and goes. Um, she's a, she's a great producer, a great editor. Uh, she did tell me one time, she said, I think I'm going to get you one of them deals, you know, where it's like a monitor and we can write this stuff out. I said, that ain't going to work. I said, I don't <laughs> never know what I'm going to say from one minute to the next. I said, you know, that ain't going to work.
0: I was, I was about to say that doesn't seem like a, a cowboy thing to have a teleprompter. That no. doesn't.
4: No. <laughs> No, it
0: wasn't going to work. <laughs> well, now, the most popular video I was taking a look, most popular video you have is the, the cowboy style Big Mac. Um yeah. which I mean I'll be honest. Personally, I was more drawn when I look at the videos, I'm more drawn to the crispy chicken sandwich, the fried onion yeah. burger. Mm. Those those got me more than the yeah. Big Mac. But what what do you think? What do you think everybody's drawn to about the the Big Mac done cowboy style?
4: Well, first of all, you know Big Mac was was iconic. That was really their first burger to come out, you know. And uh, ain't no telling how many millions they've sold. Uh, but people was always after they'd come in. You know, you do you need to do some remakes. You need to do this. You need to do that. I told Shen, I said, "We'll just stop by McDonald's." We was in a rental car, and I said, "We're gonna get us a Big Mac." And I said, "We'll just redo it at the house." And I said, "But I'm gonna tell you when I do it my way." it's going to be two to three times bigger than what they got, you know? And, uh, people, people were amazed. Even people from that used to work at McDonald's would comment and they'd say, you know, you made, you made a whole pound of meat, you know, just two eight ounce burgers. They said, these are like 2.5 to maybe three ounces a piece, you know? And, uh, I'm not I always tell people in no way am I running down McDonald's or any fast food place because I have pulled up through there many times and got something and took off. Uh, them people are doing a job and they're feeding America. Mm-hmm. But if I just like to see what I can create to make it look my way instead of their way,
1: mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Can I actually have a couple questions? Sorry, Doc G, I didn't tell you, the, but uh. Ken, do you have a favorite fast food? Is there a favorite fast food for you?
4: A favorite fast food? Uh, Well, I'll start out this way first. Uh, My favorite fast food forever was there's a truck stop sort of get-and-go deal called Alsace. They're in uh, New Mexico, Texas. Now there's a few coming into Oklahoma, but they had the best bean burrito and green chili and cheese burrito that I'd ever eaten in my life. Mm. And uh, I can remember when we first got together, I told Shan, I said, uh, you like you like Mexican food? And she said, Yeah. I said, We're gonna go get us a burrito tonight. I said, Be the the best burrito you ever made. Well, I had to work cattle all day and come in and she was in the house and she said, What time do you wanna go get this burrito? And I said, Oh, whenever you whenever you get ready to go. Well, she's in there putting makeup on, all dolled up, you know, and we pulled in down there at that truck stop, and she said, you got to get some diesel? I said, no, ma'am, this is where they sell the burritos. She said, I took the shower and fixed my hair for this, and I said, you'd be the best-looking thing in there, I promise you, but uh, I have eaten many one of them, but uh, we, do, we do eat a lot of beef, but I do like, uh, I like fried chicken, you know, or some places yeah. got some good fried fish. My favorite food of all, and she got me on this, is sushi. Uh, I didn't even know what it was, you know, 30 years ago, but I do love me some good sushi.
0: Mm. Yeah. Mm. Before you go on, Mike, man, that just reminds me of that tweet we were talking about earlier on the show the tweet where uh the guy was at the gas station with a burrito here i was making fun of burrito gas station burritos and <laughs> and i could be missing out on one of the best burritos there is oh yeah there you go yeah
4: if you ever if you're ever in the western half of new mexico uh or west texas you look for an alsops they have some good burritos
1: there it is there it is there uh, the other question for you, Kent, was like, what, what's what been the, the hardest, most challenging YouTube video you've had to shoot, like in terms of cooking? Is there one that stands out?
4: I think most of it has to do with the weather. You mm. know, um, we'll uh, we'll start something and the wind will get up 45, 50 miles an hour. And it's when you're cooking something in a Dutch oven, uh, you've created a microwave, you know, because there's so much heat that's being really like a like a furnace in a way, or maybe when the wind's blowing it, sure, you're losing some heat from it, but you're gaining so much more on one side of it. And it's always been a little tricky. But uh, Shen told me one time, she said, You need to venture way out and do some wontons. I said, some what? She said, some wontons or potstickers. And I said,
1: "Yeah." I
4: ain't never seen none of them in my life. I said, you you know I probably ain't going to eat that stuff. And she said, I just want to see what you can do. So uh, I made some potstickers, and she come by there, and she eats some of them, and she said, these are about as good as I have. Where do you, where, How do you know how to make these? And I said, it, to really all it is is just a little meat pie. That's got Asian flavor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, Didn't you just fry them up in a skillet after you steam them for a little while? And I said, they're good. She said, we're going to do a video on it. And I said, I don't know how well it'll do. I said, because I don't think they ever seen no cowboy do a sticker, <laughs> you know. So uh, it was a little challenging for me, but I do like to venture out and do things that people think, oh, he can't do that. You know, yeah. and uh, so it, that's, that's always a little challenge of it.
0: I was thinking about this because I saw this in an interview. You were talking about YouTube, and in my head, as a cowboy, I would think, well, this guy would never never read comments. That doesn't seem like, you know, like he doesn't care what's going on with these videos. But I heard in the interview that you said, you know, you, you get up every morning, you know, around in the hour or four or five a.m. you're reading comments no. you're going through those comments and looking at them
4: that's no. one thing being i really think that makes a difference in youtube is how you can connect with your audience you know and uh, there's so many of them now i can't get to all of them but i used to start about four thirty every morning and make sure that i caught up from 24 hours before you know and um uh, Sure, you, you gotta have thick skin if you're really gonna try to do something on YouTube because there's a lot of, a lot of people that are really brave that don't have a name they just have a little avatar picture and uh, you know they'll they'll call you things and tell you things that you sure don't want to hear. Uh, and it used to really bother me, but our fans take care of them pretty quick now. Uh, you know, we have some of the best Lowell fans in the world, and uh, you know, they usually get rid of them or chastise them pretty hard, so I don't <laughs> worry about it too much. And, uh, but it's, it's always something, if, if people got time to tune in and watch, you need to have time to try to have some kind of conversation or give something back to them people. Uh, you know, we get a, at least once a month, we get a call from a producer, and they'll say, I have the perfect show for you. And I say, no, you don't. Uh, we've already got it.
2: Yeah. Uh, I
4: say because y'all are not going to let me say, God bless America. Y'all are not going to let me say, let's pray for so and so. I said, so I believe I'm going to stay where I'm at.
0: Well, I, I was about to say you. Uh, I do see a lot of positivity in those in 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 the comments. Honestly, I mean, yeah. the, the the positive comments sort of outweigh the negative comments uh, as far oh, yeah. as uh, as far as what you've got going and i uh I, I would have to go to guess that that's mainly because of your positivity uh you know I mean you, you you seem to try to promote as much positivity in the videos as possible
4: oh you know I, I told people a long time ago this is not just a cooking show you know we want you to learn something about life about life we may make you laugh but we might make you cry too you know it's uh we have So many emails and comments from servicemen and women that are still active duty that would say, what we did today wasn't pleasant, but there was 10 of us gathered around a laptop in Afghanistan and you made us feel like we were home. Please don't quit cooking, you know, and uh, that's to me is probably gives me more inspiration than anything or somebody saying, I'm watching your videos while I have chemo, you know, well, I may be tired of cooking, but I'm not. I can't be. You know, uh, the good Lord, give me a talent and I'm going to aim to share it. That's what he'd made for me to do. And, uh, if we can help somebody out, uh, by answering a question or just giving them a little uplifting, Hey, that's life and we need to do it.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Positivity outweighs the negative. Oh yeah. Well now, but one thing before we go on to the cookbook here at the start of next year, You've got something big coming up. You've got the taste of cowboy cruise. You've got a cruise yeah. now. Yeah, I mean,
4: I don't know, Ben. <laughs> no, no. They uh, some Shannon told me a long time ago. She said you've never been on a vacation in your life, have you? And I said, not that I didn't have to cook or work while I was there. <laughs> and she said, we need to go on a vacation where you ain't doing nothing. And I said, we better not stay long because I, I, I don't think I could I can do without. <laughs> and uh, she said, well, we're going to go to the Bahamas. So the first year we went to the Bahamas, and it's five days, and she thought, well, he's going to go crazy. I didn't know that you could sit there and somebody wait on you and you didn't have to do nothing. It sort of got <laughs> in my blood. And uh, we've been five or six different places over the years. Uh, but then they got to ask me, they said, you know, you need to do a cruise. And I said, oh that's a lot of water i said if you can't skip a rock across it i might not want to be on it and, uh, <laughs> some dear friends of mine who are great entertainers that are going to be on it one of them andy has done a cruise a lot mm-hmm. so uh they finally talked me into it and i kept telling them i said one thing that i've never thought went together really well is fire and water <laughs> i said so if y'all are going to want me to cook on there i said i really don't know what's going to happen but uh we're going to do some demos on there. Uh, they're going to get a portable grill out there and do some stuff. But I look forward to it. Uh, I may be calling you since you're down there in Florida and have you send a boat out there to pick me up <laughs> in after being gone a couple of days. But I'll let you know.
0: Are, are you? So I'm guessing then Bertha and the chuck wagon are staying put. They're not coming on the cruise.
4: Yeah, they they didn't want to go. We okay. uh, we had a company hit us up probably 25 years ago. <clears throat> Pardon me to uh, want to know what I would lease the wagon for and come and do s- demonstrations on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. And I told them, I said, I don't think y'all understand really the logistics of that, you know, of how it would work. Sure, it looks good. It sounds good. But I said, I just don't think it'll work. And I,
0: I turned them down. That'd be one tough travel. That would be yeah, it hard. Would. Um, well now we made it, we made it to the cookbook. The first cookbook you and Shannon released was the taste of cowboy. Yeah. It came out in 2015 and, uh, yeah. I've, I've worked on a, on, on the release of a couple of books and I can say from experience that it is some tedious work. Uh, and yeah. I was wondering after the first one that you did after taste of cowboy, how long did it take to sort of recover before you said, all right, Let's let's start working on another. How long did it take before you started working on family our uh, faith, family and the feast?
4: Well, the the Tasty Cowboy was really brought about by um, when I was on Chopped Grill Masters. Mm-hmm. There was a lady who reached out to us who is our book agent now, and she said, "Do you have a cookbook?" And I said, "Yes, ma'am, we have a self-published spiral-bound cookbook." She said, "No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like a coffee table cookbook." Mm-hmm. And I said, no, ma'am, can't afford it. And she said. No, you're not understanding. She said, if this proposal is right and it looks right, you're not going to have to afford it. They're going to pay you to make it. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know, ma'am. I said, we'll see what happens. But uh, it we we got that one in. It was really hard for us to do the first time. <clears throat> but uh, we like I say, Janice is a great person. She sort of walked us through it. And then when Faith Family and the Feast, you know, Really, we sort of got to working on it probably a year after this one come out, Mm -hmm. you know, because people were saying, hey, we'd like to have another cookbook. But uh, the publishing house at the time, every time we'd send in a proposal, they'd say, no, it don't need to be this. It needs to be something else. And by that time, YouTube, you know, had grown a lot from what it previously was. And I said, no, this is what our fans want. So this is what we're going to make, you know. And if y'all don't want to be a part of it, that's fine. But I said, "Uh, this is what's going to happen. And uh they finally accepted the, the last proposal that we sent in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's like a two year process, mm-hmm. you know, time you, you get started till the book comes out. So, um, uh, there's a lot of work involved, a lot of time, but it was easier than the first one because we had done, done it once. Yeah. You know, and, and then when you get to work, the new book that's coming out, you know, the 28th of March, uh, we didn't have to go back through so much of it and recook it and do a recipe cuz Shan had already took a lot of pictures of some of it sure there's a lot of new stuff in there that we hadn't done yeah but it was easier uh for us to do and quicker for us to get it turned in anyway
0: nice well, now, the, the, new, the new book is Comfort Food, The Cowboy Way, and I took a look at the recipes. A lot of good things in there. We've got fried macaroni and cheese, beer, uh, beer can chicken, red eye gravy and ham, French toast casserole, and uh, you've got chapters on every meal. Now, i got to ask you, when you want comfort food, when you're needing some comfort, what's your comfort food? What do you want to go to?
4: Well I, I I'm a I'm a fan of old fashioned restaurants.
0: Mm.
2: Like
4: what we used to call an old greasy spoon cafe, you know, that been in business for a hundred years and it still had the same waitress and the same cook, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh you know, I always thought if you could go somewhere and you could get a really good meatloaf mm. or you could get really good biscuits and gravy, but also at that same place uh, people knew how to make a chicken fried steak. They knew how to make chocolate cake. You know, that's what it was about because it was classic food that I'd grown up with. And uh, it just sort of has more eye appeal to me.
0: For sure. For sure. Well, now, if Shannon is looking for comfort food, what do you need to make for her? What is her go to?
4: Either macaroni and cheese, pizza, or a burnt hot dog. <laughs> wow.
0: Nice. Simple. I like it. it. Very yeah, simple.
4: You know, well, and it's, uh, go ahead, Ben.
0: Well, I was just going to say, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the past, me and Mike have <clears> talked <throat> a lot about, as far as dessert, we've dedicated a lot of time on the show to uh, discussing pies. We actually we, we yeah. chose a pie of the year, and I was wondering, do you have any pie, comfort pie, in this book?
4: Yeah, there is a, a salted caramel apple pie in there that's Ooh. got a really good buttery, flaky crust to it that's made sort of the old-fashioned way. Wow. Because I mean, you can go, you can go buy a pie crust, but I always tell people why would you? You know, it did not take that long or much effort to really make a good flaky crust, and that usually either comes about either by vinegar or vodka, one of the two. You know, so uh, I've sort of been an apple pie fan for a long, long time, um, but uh, there is a coconut uh, cream pie in there as well that I really like. So uh, desserts have always been one of my favorite meals. Uh, you know, I would help my mother when we'd cook for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And we, you never knew how many people was going to show up at our house. Could be 25 people, could be 30. And um, <clears throat> we would cook all night, Wednesday night, and then most of the day Thursday. And when you got three, you didn't want to see it no more. But I would make sure that I had the coconut pie, salted caramel apple pie, and the pumpkin pie. You know, I was going to start with dessert first.
0: Oh man, that's ga- delicious! I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to tell my dad about the coconut cream. I just had a coconut cream pie sent to his house, and it and it made his month. So maybe yeah. we can make make it with the cowboy the cowboy coconut cream. That'd be fantastic. For the book, you've got a book tour. You're hitting both coasts. You're going to the Midwest. Yeah. Midwest first, Chicago on March 30th, uh, Charleston yeah. April 22nd. Um, on the book tour. Did you, did you have a book tour for the last two books? Well, the first book,
4: we had a book tour when it came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. When uh, the day that Faith, Family, and Feast released is when the country shut down for COVID.
0: That would make it uh, difficult. So there, was,
4: <laughs> there was eight weeks of book tour that was canceled. Yeah. And in a way, it really sort of bothered me, but then... Uh, COVID was so bad for so many people, but COVID blessed us so much because everybody began to watch something online or order something online, you know, and it was, uh, it was a blessing that we had. And uh, I can remember thinking this is going to be bad, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to hurt book sales, but it didn't, it didn't, it increased book sales.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well now, uh, one question on the book tour, <clears throat> do the dogs come with you or stay home for the trips?
4: Well, Major Maytime, uh, he's, he's the one that travels the lightest. He just weighs about 16 pounds, and uh, we can still stuff him under the seat. Uh, <laughs> the Beagle would uh, prefer first class, you know. Yeah. Somebody told me the other day, said, you have nearly 2.5 million fans. I said, yeah, but the Beagle's probably got 10 million. Because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people that tune in that said, I just come to watch the dogs and the dancing, that's it. <laughs>
0: Just stick its head over over the table. Yeah. How, how yeah. many times? Well, I got I've got two quick questions before we go, Kent. Uh, the first one, looking at cowboy cooking, uh, it seems like the two toughest things for me in cowboy cooking, early mornings. You're always getting up uh, early, 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 and cleaning the cookware. In your yeah. opinion, in your opinion, which one's harder for you? Early mornings or cleaning the cookware?
4: oh uh, ain't neither one of them hard to begin with uh you know uh always used to tell people if you can get up at early 2 o'clock in the morning it's the best time of the day because ain't nobody messed it up yet uh so <laughs> you know and you clean cast iron and everything else the same way you may have to heat water on the stove but uh i would say there's been a few mornings that i would have liked to sleep another 45 minutes or an hour you know but uh, hey it's all right at least i got out of bed
0: Two two thirty. I don't think I don't think half of our listeners have gone to sleep by two thirty. My God, woo woo, that is an early morning. Uh, the the last question: If if me and Mike came on to uh, a cowboy ranch and you were getting ready to go off and you saw me and Mike wandering up the trail, honest opinion in your head, would you be thinking, "Oh no, We've, we're going to have some trouble on this yep. trip"?
4: No, uh, my mother told me you, you never judge a person by the hat they got on their head or what they got on their feet. You know, it's what's in their heart that counts. And uh, if I'm that y'all could gather wood or wash dishes, I'd say come along, awesome. you know, so uh, it'd be good to me. I don't, I don't look at people as being different. I just look at people as having heart.
0: Awesome. Uh, Mike, you, uh, I've got the wood. You've got the, you've got the dishes. I got, I got, I got the dishes. dishes. I can do it. I can do <laughs> some dishes. <laughs> yeah. Do some dishes. Kent, it has been a pleasure talking with you today. I want to thank you for coming oh, on the show. My
4: pleasure, brother. My pleasure. I thank you and uh, Mike both. And uh, God bless you and all the people that's listening, my friend, because it is a great day above the grass.
0: Amen. Amen. Listeners, make sure you go to Kent's YouTube page, subscribe, check out his Instagram, his webpage, and, of course, His newest cookbook, which you can get a signed copy at his website. That would be KentRollins.com. Thank you once again, Kent. We will be right back here on the Doc G Show. doc g show because sometimes you need something playing in the background every wednesday at 7 p.m on 99.5 fm spinnaker
1: this is 95.5 spinnaker radio wskr FM, unf jacksonville
0: We are back here on the Doc G Show. Cowboy Kent. What a fantastic guy, Mike. Yes. My goodness. Just a, a, a cowboy that knows how Zoom works. He's on it. Mm-hmm. I, I thank Shannon for that ability to work Zoom, but you know, whatever. That's a fact. I Mike, um, I've got a little bit of Cowboy Kent coming up for the Doc G Top 3. Word. But, uh, man. Some of those things he makes, huh? Mmm, delicious. Yeah. delicious. All out there in the middle of nowhere, too, you know? Just making it on a a chuck wagon. On a chuck. I can't make that in a full-scale kitchen with (laughs) all the utensils and everything else. Definitely not making it on Bertha, the giant oven, and a chuck wagon. That is not happening, man. And I'll tell you something, too. You know, whenever you get a zoom in on Cowboy Kent's hands, those are some hands that have done things in their lives, you know? Yeah, those are some cowboy hands. Yeah, you get a zoom in in one of those pictures, and I'm just like, man, look at that. Like, you could just go at that hand with, like like, a sharpened knife, and the knife would just break in two. Like that that's would. how hard those hands are, you know? My hand, it would look like going through play-doh. Oh, like you just go oh. on to the, and you'd be like, wasn't there a bone in there? No, that just chopped <laughs> right off. Wow, that was very weak. But that's that's hands of America right there, Mike. Yeah. American hands. Yeah. Woo! Definitely. If you got time, folks, go check out his book. Book's coming out the twenty eighth. It's gonna be a good one. Comfort yeah. food. Comfort food, Mike. Mike. We need to move on though we need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world Doc G top three my goodness Mike my goodness uh, this one uh, I knew it was gonna be hard and I don't know why I did this to myself because it is sort of way too hard to condense down yeah and I started it was, yeah. and I was just like, why, why'd I do it but regardless we, I decided to say the top three things That remind you of the 90s. So this could go Mm -hmm. all over the place, folks. 1990s. What reminds you of that decade? And so I was all over the place, Mike. I I actually ended up not having any just straight food things. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. Do you want to do honorable mentions first or last? Yeah,
1: I have a a couple. I don't think we're going to be overlapping on these Okay. No, no, it's Um, so wild. We're not going to have it. yeah. Yeah. So uh, for me, Tommy Hilfiger.
0: Oh, nice! Yeah. Uh, The big flag. The big flag. The the red, white, and blue flag. Man, just going across the shirt. I remember there were a pair of jeans I wanted so bad that were just Tommy split all the way down. They said Tommy on one leg all the way going down, and they were blue and red. And I was hmm. like, oh my god, how would i be with those yeah you'd have been pretty cool i never got them but i thought about getting them because uh, i did not have like the 180 dollars that they were whatever ridiculous they were expensive oh yeah. they were so expensive anyways what's your other honorable mentions mike skating rinks Skating rinks really remind me of the 90s. Overlap, kind of Mike. Smell like the 90s. Overlap, oh,
1: overlap. Ah.
0: There's overlap. Now I'm not gonna say what it is, but it's partial overlap too, because there's something else okay. that goes with it there. Oh, but,
1: okay, okay, okay. Yes,
0: skating rinks are definitely on there. I don't have a skating rink near me. Do you have a skating rink near you? Yeah, we have a couple. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to Google it. I'm going to see if I've got a sky because I, I, there's probably like seven near the studio and I haven't looked. That's a fact. But I'm going to Google it. And if there is, uh, next time you're in Florida, we might just have to go for a skate session. Yeah, just, let's do it. I mean, you can actually skate. So you could actually like, I'm horrible. I like, I can skate. I'm not like, you know, a, a yeah. deer on ice or anything, but like, <laughs> you know, anyways, yeah. w- any other honorable mentions, Mike? Hmm. Nope. That's it for me. Mike, I've got an exciting honorable mention that I think I might actually uh, 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 use this as an actual promotion tool. Slap bracelets. Say what? Ooh. Yeah. Slap bracelets. You remember slap bracelets? Oh yeah. God, they were fun, right? Yes. They were so fun. And Mike, I looked into it. You can get customizable slap bracelets. I can get 250 Doc G Show slap bracelets with the logo. $250 we're talking a dollar a slap bracelet great yeah. deal I'm gonna get some other flipping slap bracelets for this show all right it's I'll gonna happen
1: it. I'll wear
0: one listeners for sure. listeners if you're listening which is a big if so true if you want one let us know slap bracelet coming your way all right because mm-hmm. I'm gonna order them I'm ordering them listeners all right let's go anyways I like how it's like a dare to you guys. Like, you're going to be like, no, don't do it. Don't do it, man. No, I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. Uh, hilarious. Um, uh, another honorable mention, Mike, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
1: Yeah. Ah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
0: Just, especially, the, sure. you know, the first half of, of the 90s. I mean, the the first movie came out in 90. Uh, 90. The second movie came out in 91. It had Vanilla Ice, which was even more mm-hmm. 90s. Like just uh yeah, just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh third honorable mention, Mike, Seinfeld the the series. Overlap. Oh, I knew it. I knew I knew that was gonna be it. I knew I Overlap. knew that was gonna be it's there. Okay. It's all good. You can't get more nineties than Seinfeld. Like, no, you can't. you can't. You can't. Uh and I mean and there's there's a couple of reasons why I didn't put it in my top three, but like it's just so nineties. It's just so nineties. Uh, another honorable mention: Saved by the Bell. Saved by yeah. the Bell. So 90s. But the reason I didn't put it in the 90s is uh, it, it started in the 80s. Yeah, so it that's overlaps. It's, it's kind of, it, it had 89 80s. to 93. So yeah. Mm. But uh, then two fashion styles, sort of like your Tommy Hilfiger, Mike, Jean uh, Co jeans. JNCOs. Can't not get 90s with JNCOs. They were only nah. popular in the 90s. No one remembers them in the 80s. Nobody remembers in 2000s. They'd already faded away. <clears throat> yeah. 90s. Other one, a little bit earlier in fashion, starter sports jackets. Yeah, a starter sports jacket. You get the the pullover sports jacket with the giant NCAA logo on the back, like a UNC logo, a Michigan logo, a Miami logo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Anyways, Mike, you're number three.
1: So, I just want to say, like, that my top three were really things that bring me back to thinking about the 90s that I still see, like, regularly. Yes. Nostalgia. Um, Yes. That's what I was going for, Mike. That's what I was going for. So, this is a different one, but my top three. So, my third thing that brings me back to the 90s every single time is actually a song, and it's The
0: Cardigan's Love Fool. Sweet. I know. That
1: song. Is a
0: time machine.
1: To it's the very, it's me. very
0: time machine Yes. Yeah, I like it. Great I song. like it, man. Romeo
1: and Juliet soundtrack. I uh, mean, but that's that's my.
0: I mean, song. honestly, there's all kinds. Like, I could go, and and that was again so so difficult yeah. about the list. I could go back and do like all different, like different time periods of the '90s sure. and different genres of '90s uh-huh. songs. That as soon as you hear them, you're just like, oh, '90s yeah yeah um my number three and again it sort of goes along with what uh you were just saying it's sort of timeless so it's not just caged in the 90s so it doesn't give you that just full nostalgia but Mm -hmm. he dominated the 90s so i gotta go with it michael jordan yes oh yeah michael jordan he was sports in the 90s like If you wanted to talk about sports, it was Jordan. That was it. The Barcelona Olympics, the six six championships, the shoes, like everything was 90s. Now, I mean, like I just said, he's timeless. So you could argue like he does not bring nostalgia. Uh, He just brings up a giant luminous figure. But at the same time, I was like, I got to put him there. Yeah, happen. for sure. Nah, he's 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 uh, he's
1: the '90s. Number two, Mike. Uh, so number two was Seinfeld for me. Um, yes! We're watching. Uh, my girlfriend and I have been watching the show. We're almost finished with it. Um, but yeah, when you watch that show, I mean, it's the '90s. It's it's just as '90s as you can get. '90s New York too, which is oh yeah, kind of interesting. But I mean, obviously, it's like you know, oh yeah, Mike,
0: LA, but. Mike, I... uh, I, Now, former guest of the show, Joe List, huge, huge, huge fan of uh, Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. And we actually talked about it just a little bit when he was on the show. But I'm actually one of those weird people that don't like the earlier episodes. Like, most people that are, like, real big Seinfeld fans love the Larry David years, which are the first six seasons. I am a fan of the things after he left because they got more ridiculous in the last couple of seasons. Like it's oh, really? just I didn't know that. Yeah, so seasons eight and nine, that's no Larry David at all. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, wow, I thought he was all the way through. Okay. No, and I love those those seasons. Those are my yeah. favorite like my favorite seasons seven and eight. So okay. seven is the last year that Larry David was actually there. But I might even say I like eight more than seven. It might—I hmm. don't know. Like it's just there's so many good things. Like to me, you got to build a character, and they built the characters by then, and they were just to that ridiculous great level by that time. And I love yeah. it. I love it. Mike, um, my, my number two—it's a toss-up. I couldn't decide which game, but Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat on Super <laughs> Nintendo. Yeah, Super but, Nintendo, okay. B- both are 90s. I don't know which one is more iconic, you know? Mm. You have your groups of both, the Street Fighter lovers and the Mortal Kombat lovers. <sighs>
1: They're both great games, but for me, it would have been Sega Genesis. Oh, oh. Yeah. Mm. But, you know, I don't, Super I don't,
0: Nintendo was also pretty good. I don't know if I can go over. I mean, I had both systems because I'm just a bad um but Rich Kid. Uh, Say why? I made it happen, Mike. <laughs> we sacrificed in other areas so I could make sure that I wasted <laughs> m- multiple days on playing video games and not making myself better in any way. Um <laughs> Mike, you're number one. Alright, so maybe no surprise here, Doc G,
1: and then of course I, I had to uh and I didn't plan for this to be a thing. But definitely, you know the listeners Woo! can't see it, but Shaquille O'Neal, Orlando Magic, your freaking Shaq Gnosis. Yeah, that's he's got 90s. the shoes. Yeah, when did you now, say that.
0: Mike? When did you order the Shaq Gnosis shoes? A month ago, and they a just got here, everybody. Just got, just They're, got into. Don't the put mail them near yesterday. the don't
1: put them near the coffee, Mike. Coffee's empty, but hey, I I, I feel I I still am very I'm still going to put them actually really far away from the empty coffee cup. I don't I don't want these
0: things, but these are beautiful. They are very beautiful, Mike. That is a good number one. I love it. Good choice. Okay, Mike, my number one, number one. like I told you before, if you uh, recall, uh, you mentioned honorable mention skating rinks and I said overlap. Now, here's the overlap. I've got a mix of music, your number three, and activity. So, Mm -hmm. I didn't just do one song, but there's a group of songs that make me think skating rink. That's right. So, Good Vibrations, Marky Mark, Whoop, There It Is, Tag Team, Groove Is In The Heart, Delight, 100% Uh. Pure Love, Crystal Waters, CNC oh Music gosh. Factory gonna make you sweat. Real McCoy another night. All of those great 90s dance jams and then skating. Yeah That <laughs> yeah. is 90s right there, Mike. That is so 90s.
1: That is really very 90s. Oh. I gotta, you, we got to make a small playlist right there, doc the, All those little songs, I'm gonna make a quick 90s playlist. Oh, I jam out on that don't, today. Don't
0: worry. I can give you a quick 90s playlist on that stuff. Okay. But that is it, Mike. That is the Doc G Show. Top three, nine things that remind you of the 90s. Mike, next week, like I said, I've got a little Cowboy Kent in it. I want you to go do a little research on Cowboy Kent's YouTube. I want you to do top three things that Cowboy Kent has cooked. Hmm, okay. Sweet. Give me the top three things that you most want to try. Because there are several things that I'm like, oh, man. Oh, oh, that looks good. I'd like to get down on that. And I bet you they would be fantastic. But that is the top three. Mike, we have two birthday suits left. If you recall, you are 19 for 28. I don't know if you're going to get either of these. Uh, we got a former Supreme Court Justice, Mike, and we uh, got a football coach. Which okay. one do you want first? We'll try the Supreme
1: Court Justice. Okay. I only know one of them. So. But yeah, it's a...
0: Might be the one.
1: We'll All see. Right. We'll see. All right.
0: uh, born on March 15, 1933 in Brooklyn, New York. Our birthday suit wears parents were Jewish immigrants. She grew up loving the library. I was an extremely good student. She then went to Cornell University. She got married and after college, moved to Oklahoma with her husband. However, in 1956, she was accepted to Harvard Law School, one of the nine women in the class of 500. In her second year, her husband was given a job in New York, so she transferred to Columbia Law School and graduated tied for first in her class. Pretty great, Mike. Yeah. Harvard, Columbia, You're doing all right with those schools. Yeah. Not bad. In 1972, our birthday suit wearer co-founded the Women's Rights Project at the American Civil Liberties Union. In 1980, uh, 1980, she became a a D.C. Circuit judge. In 1993, she was nominated for the Supreme Court by Bill Clinton. She was just the second female Supreme Court justice and the first Jewish female Supreme Court justice. She is known as one of the most notable Supreme Court judges. She is a uh, in the which I didn't know again. It's one of those things. She is in the National Women's Hall of Fame. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. She was. Uh, she was awarded over thirty honorary doctorates. Thirty. What? Thirty. She's got a wall of diplomas, Mike. And she's like, <laughs> ah, I was giving all of these. Yeah sadly our birthday suit wearer just recently passed away two years ago name that birthday suit wearer
1: rbg ruth bader ginsburg
0: ruth bader ginsburg is correct mike yes the notorious rbg yes fantastic mike fantastic stood for principles stood for morals You know, there was never one of those things. It's always one of those things. And I'm like, you know, judge a person by their actions, judge a person by what they do. And, you know, you could never go back and say that, you know, she contradicted herself without a justification. There was never a time that you just went, well, that was completely against what she said she believed in and what she did. No, no, she went for it. She was honest. She was moral, yeah. and she stood up for those convictions. You may not believe what she went for, but she was she was honest about it, and she was mm-hmm. truthful about it, and that's what she she sought, Mike. You know, and that's a uh, it's one of those things. Um, you may not be able to get into Harvard; most people can't. But I will say they have the most bad, uh, the, the 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 most bad school motto. You know what their motto is, Mike? No, I don't. Truth. Truth. That's it. That's mm. it. You look at all these oh. other schools across the country like, you know, new schools that come up, it's like a eight paragraph thing now. Okay, it's yeah. not anywhere close to that. But it's still like it's like two sentences and it's all yeah. just blah. Harvard. Truth. Period. That's, that's it. it. That's it, man, and that's what that's what she was. That's what she she was the she truth, was. man. She was the truth. She gave it up. RBG. R-I-P RBG. And happy birthday to Mike. This would have been her 90th if she would have made mm. it. Would have been the 90th. So happy birthday, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. Mike, you got one. You surprised yes. me. And that was a documentary. And that Great was documentary. That was political, Mike. Well done. Yeah. Well yeah, done. I try. That I normally try. does not happen. We know that. No way. So congratulations. No uh, this way. one, though, yeah. Mike. Thank you. We know. You're not the biggest foosball fan, and especially no. not coaches. That is not mm. the wheelhouse. But we'll see. Who knows? You may I surprise me coaches. again. You may surprise me again. You're ni- uh, now, you are 19 for 29. 19 for 29. Uh, wait. Sorry. 20 for 29. My bad. My bad. 20 for 29. Okay, here we go. Born on March 15, 1972 in Hampton, Virginia. His dad played uh, professional football for the Baltimore Colts, but our birthday suit wearer didn't really know his dad. He was raised by his mom and stepdad. He ended up going to William & Mary and played wide receiver. After graduating, he became the uh, wide receiver coach at VMI. He then became graduate assistant at uh, Memphis, then went to Cincinnati to become the defensive back coach then was the defensive back coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for four seasons, won a championship as an assistant coach with the Buccaneers, then went to Minnesota as the defensive coordinator, and then in 2007, he took over as the head coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has been the head coach with the Steelers for the past 16 seasons. Since Mm. becoming the head coach for the Steelers, he has had an amazing career. The most phenomenal thing, Mike, he has a record of 171 wins to 102 losses overall, but through that time, he has never had a losing season. Through 16 seasons, there has never been a losing season. In 2009, the Steelers won a Super Bowl underneath our uh, our uh, birthday suit wearer. Name that birthday suit wearer. Yeah, I don't know. Oh. I, was, I was concerned. I didn't think you would, but it's all right, Mike. Mike Tomlin is the birthday suit wearer. Mike Tomlin, yes. Woo. Mike, I'll tell you, just 16 seasons, not a lo- like that doesn't get talked about enough. Like, what does that mean? You don't have a losing season or what? He, was that, he won uh... more than lost. Oh, okay. There okay, were more wins sense. than losses in the season. It was a winning season by percentage. Okay. Gotcha. And, and he has done that for 16 in a row, which is way, way more than any other coach can say as far as their careers. The dude is just consistently a winner. And every year for like the last four years, everybody's been like, well, they're going to suck. They've got nobody on the team. There's no way. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the year, here come the Steelers again, winning. And here they come with a winning season. Somehow they pull it out. It's amazing, man. It is amazing. And uh, Mike Tomlin doing it. Turning 51. Turning 51. Happy birthday, Mike. Happy, yeah, happy birthday birth- So there we go There it is Mike You uh, you, you finish up 20 for 30 20 for 30 So that's right at 66.7% Mike 66.7 cool. There you go Still hitting above hitting above The percentage <laughs> we thought you would be Yeah Hey Doc G
1: You think uh, anybody ever gets uh, um, Honorary associate's degrees? Yeah. Mike, we're gonna to get to the point
0: that you become big enough and a celebrity enough that other universities are gonna to wanna to give you an honorary associates degree. <laughs> and you know what? They're actually going they're going to they're gonna tell you, Hey, we've got an honorary doctorate for you and you'd be like, whoa. whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. I only take associates, okay? <laughs> I only- you're on- gonna have to mail it. <laughs> I only honor honorary associate degrees. Thank you very much. Yes, Mike, you will uh, get those. Right. You will get those and you will have a wall of them. A wall <laughs> of honorary associate's degrees. <laughs> Uh, Mike. Hilarious. We have some fantastic shows coming up next week. My goodness, we got that fantastic Sam morell on the show. Very excited. Mike, their uh, uh his podcast um reposted our uh story about him coming on the show. I was happy about that. Heck yeah. 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 Uh games with names. His podcast names. there with okay. uh with uh Julian Edelman. Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah. Cool, cool,
0: cool. Yeah. And and think about this, Mike. It's a little bit of a step, but think about this. Uh Julian Edelman played with who? That's a fact. Tom Brady. Played like ten seasons with Tom Brady. So We're basically like one removed. Well, exactly. You know you know Two what removed. you know what happened there? I posted that. Tom Brady secretly, of course, saw it because he doesn't want, you know, the fame and stuff. He saw that we posted that. He called up Julian Edelman and was like, You need to repost this. Yes. This is my favorite show. I love these guys. Mm-hmm. We're tight. We have a, a very close, loving relationship. You need to support their show, too. That's what happened there. That's a fact. I mean, granted, Mike, it's a little a smidge of speculation mm. on my part but doesn't sound like too much of a stretch to me no, but yeah i no. can see how
1: you could think that
0: yeah some pe- i'm j- i'm just covering <laughs> my bases mike regardless <laughs> sam's coming on the show i'm super excited about that then we've got some other other fantastic guests, mike huge uh you know huge artist in the uh, country music world coming up that I'm very excited about. We've got Nico Moon coming on the show. Sweet, Nico okay. Moon, and Nico's got a very popular song uh, called "Good Time." My goodness, that thing is woo! Thing is poppy. It's rocketing off, Mike. On fire. It's got mine 129, 129 million listens on Spotify by itself. What? Yeah, yeah. He's got 1.6 million listeners right now on Spotify. It's amazing. Yeah, and this guy 129 was 29 million. Yeah, this guy was super excited to be on the show, and I was like, "What? On our on our crappy show? Don't tell him it's crappy. <laughs> That's awesome, right? <laughs> Can't wait to talk to these guys. It's gonna be fantastic. But until then, Mike, we need to wrap it up. Uh, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus Charette. Thank you for having me, Doc G. Always a pleasure. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. zippity doo